And thank you for joining me for the Way Forward podcast brought to you by me, Fliss Goldsmith and Co-Design Coaching, where we create your optimal life together. Today's episode is actually the first of a three-part mini-series. There will be no gorgeous guests in this one, I'm afraid, but this one is delivered to you from me, from my heart and soul. This is episode one of The Trauma Trials. I always think it's helpful to start out with a definition. It's the old academic in me, but I do think it's useful so that we've all got a shared understanding of our subject matter. It makes it more relevant and essentially it's going to be more supportive to you. And that, as always, is my ultimate goal. The mental health charity Mind UK describes trauma as the emotional response to living through a deeply frightening or distressing event. There are numerous events that can cause trauma, from an accident causing injury to sudden and unexpected death of a loved one, natural disaster or personal assault and attack, job loss, financial collapse, relationship breakdown. All of these can cause trauma, and there's so many more. I'd like to start this mini-series by telling you what I know about trauma, because you see... Not only have I studied it at length under the expert tutelage of Carolyn Spring, but I've lived it, so I feel doubly qualified to bring this trauma series to you. It may not be easy, but my aim is to create something truly accessible to anyone traumatised, so that they too may find their way along this most unwanted journey. In 2019, I had just had a total hysterectomy. Yep, everything went. It was literally a yard sale for my womanhood. Ovaries, cervix, womb, fallopian tubes, all whipped out. And I remember waking up and thinking that the physical pain was more than enough, but that the emotional entanglement that surged through my hormone-confused body was wicked plunged into a surgical menopause at the age of just 36, was not how I'd planned it. This, however, is not my trauma. This is something that became a background drone to the screeching tragedy that was to come. My dad. My darling dad. One minute he was here, and the next he was gone. One afternoon, we were having coffee and bemoaning Brexit. Remember that? (laughs) And the next day, he didn't turn up to our planned outing. He couldn't, you see. He wasn't here anymore. At some point in the night, his mental health had won a long-fought battle, and he took his own life. And it was me who found him. The moment that I walked in there to find him lifeless seemed like a second and a century all at the same time. I didn't scream or cry 
or run or freeze, I just said one singular swear word. Shit. And then I proceeded to deal with what needed dealing with and started to make phone calls to paramedics and police and family. (laughs) What a bloody strange reaction. It wasn't like in the films or TV shows where the foreboding music builds and then there's a scream and somebody faints through the shock of it. No, it was just a November day, only audible by the ticking of a clock and the patter of rain on the roof. And my world drained of colour, tipped upside down and spilled inside out in that one single second. I carried on in this eerie autopilot for the rest of the day, fielding phone calls, funeral directors and friends, trying to keep the show on the road so that nobody suffered any unnecessary stress and that everything that needed to be done was done. Around 4pm, my body decided that I'd held my shit together long enough and it sent me surging to the toilet where my guts exited through every orifice. It was grim. What I didn't know is that trauma is as much an emotional and mental experience as a physical one. And so often we separate our health systems, but we're one whole human and every aspect is tainted by trauma. The next few days are a blurry memory of overwhelm, disbelief, insomnia and confusion. I have this one clear memory of making sandwiches and thinking, if I wished hard enough, that he wouldn't be gone. And with every scrape of the butter knife, a shard of my soul sloughed off. I buttered and I buttered and I buttered through the bread and into the board, but he was still gone and the injustice was foul. I went to the doctors who gave me sleeping tablets and anti-anxiety medication. I've never regretted that step. Sleep is essential at the best of times, but even more so when you're attempting to survive a trauma. Ironic that this is the very time sleep would desert me. I'm not advocating for or against the use of medication to survive trauma. I'm simply imparting my experience. The medication was a prop for those early days. It was a platform to work from, but later on, I found I needed a multi-aspect approach if I was ever going to move through this turgid trauma. I felt numb, like I was existing in a show about somebody else's life, like I shouldn't be there doing whatever I was doing. Getting dressed, cleaning my surgery wounds buttering breadboards, it all just seemed farcical. Then the tears came. Delicate drops at first, spattering my cheeks like that cold November rain, and then steady streams carrying pain and despair into endless tissues. And finally a torrent of tears aggressively beating onto the bedsheets as... Out of the depths of my body came the most anguished, deafening noise. 
something between the roar of a lion and the wail of a banshee, as it projected out of me full of vitriol and suffering, hopelessness and grief. Then, like a wrung-out cloth, I lay limp, damp, defeated, breathing ragged breaths just to stay alive. The time since then to now has been four years, and I eye-roll myself when I think of the many times along the way that I thought I was okay. Really, Fliss? Really? I was coping. I was raising my children. I was working. Uh, I was weathering lockdowns, as we all were. I was wifing, and I even wrote two children's books that are published internationally. But I was very, very far from okay. I was present, but not always there. My mind could simply disconnect from conversations at random. I've lost count of the amount of conversations I was having with friends where I suddenly thought, I've forgotten what we were saying, or why am I here again? And I just sort of had to style it out. I think I mainly covered it up seamlessly, or at least if I didn't, then the company I keep was too polite to mention otherwise. I wished I hadn't covered up the times that I wasn't coping. It's so unhealthy. Trauma thrives in silence, in the unspoken words, the unacknowledged struggles. It breeds and it festers in the darkness it was created in. In order to truly heal our traumas and learn to live with the experiences we're so cruelly dealt, we need to shine a light in trauma's face. And that light comes from open, honest conversation the ability to know yourself so clearly that you can, without shame, fear or embarrassment, own and explain your emotions. Shame is such a strange word to use when we talk about trauma. If someone had told me that they'd lived through a traumatic experience, the last thing I would expect them to feel is shame. However, I felt shame. Shame that it was me that was in this position. Shame that I couldn't think straight. Shame that my bones hurt. Shame that my memory was trash. Shame that I was not the fliss that I had been before the trauma. So much shame. It's actually a very common experience of trauma survivors. We feel shame because we falsely believe that we should have avoided the trauma. This is a lie and you must not allow yourself to believe it, indulge in it or invest in it. It is a lie. You could not have altered the course of the trauma. Your shame, like the trauma itself, is nourished by the quietness that you cocoon it in. But once you start to talk about it, it withers and eventually it dies. Sod off shame. Fear of talking about our struggles post-trauma is a very real concern. There are so many things that stop us from opening up. Who wants to hear about my struggles anyway? And I don't really want to bring down the mood, or I bet they'd cope better with this than I am. Am I right? So we either shut down the subject of our trauma completely, or we give just enough out to appease any inquiry into how we're doing. 
This is a side note, but that is literally the worst question you can ask a trauma survivor. How are you? Um, well, I'm basement level shit if you want an honest answer. No, a better question is, how's today looking for you? Or is there anything you need right now? The fear of talking trauma is a vice-like grip and it squeezes you so hard that you're almost forced into silencing your story. Your story. The story that so desperately needs to be told, not just for your own recovery, but to give permission to others that they can do the same. Farewell, fear. Embarrassment. Usually, embarrassment is associated with tucking your dress into your pants or sending a cute text meant for your partner to your work colleague. But it's also meant for trauma. Trauma feels enormously embarrassing. Whether you're vomiting in the school toilets, me, to walking into town in your slippers, also me, or having to run out of the cinema because the film triggered you. And yes, that's me too. It's just a barrage of embarrassment. But it doesn't have to be. We only feel embarrassed because nobody talks about these things. What if we made this a usual kind of coffee conversation? Would it be so embarrassing then? I doubt it. F off embarrassment. So how did I get from there, through the mire, to sitting here, talking to you from a place of honesty, understanding and appreciation? Truthfully, I know some of it, but not all of it. I know I fell down many times. I know I made some odd decisions and lied to myself about how I was doing over and over again. But I think what started to turn my world right side up again was understanding how trauma works from a brain-body scientific perspective. Ah, that trusty academia again. I thought if I can understand how this trauma thing works, then maybe I can get a hold on how to ride the waves. I always feel stronger when I know how something works. Except when it comes to our new Hoover, because that thing has way too many capabilities and I do not need to get on an understanding of its whys, hows and wheres. I also know that I wanted to look at the psychology behind why we respond in different ways to trauma. There's fight, flight, freeze and even flow. It turns out that There are really good reasons for our mind and bodies responding in certain ways mid- and post-trauma. And once you start to unearth the connections here, the light bulbs that go on are incredible. Things start to make a little sense finally, and it really lays the foundations for surviving with hope. I wanted to look at how trauma presents in the body. It's a process called somatization, and how and why trauma can cause us to disconnect is a process called dissociation. I researched chronic ill health and pain and how it can be connected to trauma. I worked on mindset concepts that are not cute, fluffy and hashtagable, but that are raw and rich and real life ready. They won't be printed on a pretty mug, but 
they will fill your daily cup of resilience over and over again. So these are the things that I'll be sharing with you over the next three episodes of my Trauma Trials mini-series. You should know by now that I will tell you honestly what I do know, and I'll also admit if there are things that I do not know. You'll be given knowledge and information that you can easily implement into your life right now to provide you support in your trauma journey, or maybe to someone you know who is suffering. I will walk you through the facts in a relatable way, because we're on this adventure together. You're adventuring into a new space, and I know it seems terrifying, uncertain, and unpleasant. I am here, reaching out with a map and letting you know that I have seen the other side of this mountain, and I know you can go there too, because you have so much more strength and ability than you give yourself credit for. You are bloody incredible. We do not move on from our traumas. They remain a part of us, and we need to get comfortable with that uncomfortable truth, that we are forever changed by our trauma, but we do learn to move forward as trauma-informed people who now have more to offer the world, more knowledge, more experience, and ultimately more hope because you are survivors. And though you may not believe it just yet, you will thrive again one day. So I will see you next time for episode two of the Trauma Trial mini-series. And as ever, if you'd like to work with me in a fully supported way to understand and improve your emotional well-being and empower yourself to live the optimal life you richly deserve, please head to my website, codesignwithfliss.com. I'd just like to add that if anyone is struggling with their mental health or feels like they're in a crisis now, please see the show notes for the number of helplines and support points. And of course, call 999 if you are in an emergency. Your life is so precious. Please do all you can to protect it. Now we know more about surviving trauma. And now we know the way forward. Thank you.